Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Let's Chat Careers Advice. I'm Scott Keyes and I'm delighted to bring you episode 2, season 3 of the podcast where we're talking about all things careers. In today's episode, we're very lucky to be joined by Warren Tucker, partner and cloud digital lead in the UK, and Bonnie Adams, who's a director in the cloud transformation consulting practice. It's an absolute pleasure to have you both here today in the London studio. Great to be here. Thank you. You're welcome. So can we start by sharing an introduction of yourselves, please? If we start with you, Bonnie? Yeah, sure. So, um, gosh, I'm probably 26 years in work. And when I say that, I started when I was 16. Um, I left school just with GCSEs because you could leave at 16. Didn't really know know what I wanted to do myself. And back then you go to the careers office and it was bits of plastic paper sheets and you'd pull the bit of paper out and you'd take it it to the photocopier and photocopy it. And then you'd do your CV on a typewriter. And if you mucked up one word, you had to rip the whole thing up and start again. again. It was awful, right? So um, I joined, I was lucky enough to get a job in the Bank of England and I joined the Bank of England at 16. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I've got to be honest. I never went, oh, I'm going to go and work in IT. That wasn't Mm -hmm. something I even thought about, to be honest. And uh, so I started in a filing department at 16 years of age. And I clearly remember the guy. um, He used to look over his glasses at me. It's like, I'm always in trouble. Felt like I was back at school. Um, After 11 months, it drove me nuts. And all of a sudden, I landed a job in the uh, real-time growth settlement system team. So I worked on RTGS um, all the way through Y2K. Um, So everyone was pretty scared about the 2000 clock ticking over. I worked worked that shift that night. (laughs) I remember it. Um, And since then, I've been in IT banking up until about September last year. Um, I've covered every possible permutation of job on the client side that I can think of. But my last stint was as a chief architect of cloud at Lloyds Bank. Um, And then I kind of thought, actually, I need something to really push me. Um, I feel like I've done as much as I can possibly do client side um, I had quite a lot of experience under my belt so hence I've kind of jumped ship and now I'm on the professional services side of the fence which is quite an interesting one um, but otherwise that's pretty much a whistle stop tour of me. Amazing thank you very much and Warren? Fantastic I mean I think when you talk to people who say they didn't plan for a career in professional services. There's very few people who do. Um, <laughs> so I was a, a physics grad. I did a master's in physics. And I actually got a, a PhD place, believe it or not. I'm, I'm, thank God I didn't take it because it turned out to be an entirely defunct field of technology that was proven to be totally worthless. Wave guy technology for those that are interested. And I went for several different jobs. I looked in banking, actually. I looked in finance. And this uh, consulting job came up uh, on the list as part of the milk round. And I met with them and had a really interesting conversation. What struck me about consulting is you get to work across a load of different industries, solving different problems, working with different people. But also you got access to very senior people very early on in your career. And I thought, wow, what a fantastic place to learn, um, principally because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I thought, well, what a great place to go because you can work in amongst all these different people, all these different companies and kind of work that out along the way. I was always interested in gadgets, though, anything technology wise I was always fascinated by that and you know that came through in my physics degree I was interested in um, you know blue diodes didn't exist so you didn't even have um, LCD TVs that was like an impossibility because they physically couldn't make them and that was a revelation that came about while I was actually studying physics and dating myself there so I was always interested in gadgets but when I first joined in the spirit of landing anywhere I ended up working on a merger project big oil and gas merger 
um, back in the late 90s. Um, and that really helped me understand what it meant to actually be part of some of these mega transactions. I remember I made a mistake in one of my spreadsheets uh, as I was learning the Excel analysis on the job at the time. And of course, I was completely mortified having made a mistake. I remember going to the partner thinking, that's it, I'm fired, I'm done. Anyway, of course, when it owned up to the mistake, uh, it was just a calculational error. And uh, I actually got a credit for having fessed up immediately that there was a problem that was correctable. And actually, I got uh, a bit of recognition for it. So I was like, wow, you know, it's a place where you can actually learn. And, you know, perhaps failure isn't always a problem, uh, you know, as long as you're open and prepared to learn. So I moved on, though, from oil and gas. That one was not particularly the industry that, that really got me going, but technology was. Um, happened to move into the communication space. So communications, telecoms, those sorts of industries, uh, and also electronics and high tech, working with a number of different firms in that space and was able to work from product and proposition through the front office, middle office, back office, kind of gave me an end-to-end -end understanding. And then I got approached about eight years ago, actually, um, about a potential job in PwC. And what attracted me about PwC was really the fact that it hadn't really spent a lot of time building out its technology business back then. It was still new. And at the time, the cloud digital revolution was kicking in. Everyone was talking about, you know, how do you go about co-creating with the business, how technology is becoming the business. Technology is the source of competitive differentiation for companies. And that means the way in which technology is delivered is not about offshore. It's about technical insight, uh, architectural insight, knowing what you can do with this technology, working with clients day to day. That was fascinating. And of course, PwC had the opportunity to go immediately to where that market was. Most other tech companies had spent the last 10 years building hundreds of thousands of people inside offshore locations because that was principally the delivery model. That was all being thrown on its head. So PwC was a great place to come to think cloud first, digital native, and build a business that's where the market's going, not one that has to be pivoted from the old world to the new. And that was really what attracted me. And that's been the journey that I've been on. And look, working with people like Bonnie is just fantastic because you're starting to see just the diversity of talent and backgrounds and insights that come from lots of people with different um, paths. They haven't all, unlike me, spent their life doing this. They've actually come from all these different industries and perspectives. And I think that's what's great about where we are now is all these different um, experiences coming to bear. And that's why I'm excited about you know where the path ahead will take us. Okay, amazing. So two different, complete different stories and trajectories um, to get into PwC where you are today. So thank you for, for the introduction there. So you both mentioned it, cloud transformation is a huge, huge buzzword that we're hearing across the corporate world. If you could explain to our listeners what cloud transformation is, please. I'll start with you, Bonnie. That's a good place to start because I think you have to start with someone who sat client side and actually looked at this stuff and worked it out. Yeah, so I think if I work through the reasons why we were doing it, you know, um, previous organisation, um, it was driven mainly through the opportunity to optimise our infrastructure, our applications and our data. So the, the first key driver that was kind of we were looking at was how can you move uh, your data to the cloud so you can optimise single customer view, you get better insights in how your customers use your services, which means you can evolve and adapt to offer services that are more likely to be taken up by the customer and retire those things that are just not adding value to your organisation. Um, I, ideally, it should be driven by the business, really. I think um, I tend to find 
where it's a wholly IT driven uh, suggestion, it's more likely to fail. So um, just lifting and shifting stuff into another person's data centre is not particularly compelling as an argument. And yes, there are occasions where you need to do that because it makes sense to do that in, in conjunction with other things. But actually where I've seen that cloud transformation really take a hold is where it's looking at, you know, customer side problems or business problems and how the cloud can unlock capability that maybe didn't exist within that organization um, it's obviously popular and has many benefits um, other things that I've seen in terms of uh, cloud migration looks at operating models so you know simplifying your operating model you're not doing so much of the heavy lifting like patching servers and stuff because now that's somebody else's problem which means you get to pivot your organization to look at the real value add opportunity Opportunities that come from a cloud transformation. So from ex personal experience, they're the sorts of things that I've seen work really well. What I haven't seen work so well, certainly in the cloud transformation space, is anything that's kind of touching on a highly regulated, regulated industry. It's a tough call to go there first, right? Um, try and look at things that are a little bit more value add at the lower end of the spectrum, test out your kind of capability. But ultimately, a migration to cloud should be driven by the opportunity to transform your business. So no, thank you for that, Bonnie. And yeah, same question to you, Warren. It's a very good question. I think we have to start with... Um from my perspective, is the definition of what do we mean by cloud. And I think cloud means many things to many different people. And a lot of the organizations that uh, I speak with always assume that cloud means, as Bonnie says, data center replacement. And it's very much not that. It is actually about how do you go about transforming your entire business, products and services, the way in which you innovate, your processes and operations. Yes, it's how you transform your IT function to move away from running around and managing boxes and tin and software licensing to a lot of that being taken away. But with that extra capacity, the question then becomes, how do organizations pivot to exploit what this technology can do? And that's not a technology question, interestingly. It's a business question. And you know, depending upon the stats that you read, somewhere between 80 and 90% of clients spend today um, is still not yet in the cloud. It's obviously different for different industries. So that tells us that the problem or rather the opportunity has still yet to be fully realized. And I think we can see that across all industries. You think about banking, you know, there's a handful of very successful, what we would call cloud native or digital native banks that are able to move fast, grab and acquire new customers. And a lot of the larger traditional banks are, are trying to pivot their own capability to be able to compete on that basis. And the same is true across industries. You look at insurance, you look in retail, you look in healthcare. Uh, the world is littered with these sorts of opportunities. My own industry, which was telecoms, media and tech, started to feel the crunch some time ago with over-the-top TV, messaging services like WhatsApp, you know, before you would pay, you know, 10, 20, 50p a message, uh, all free. So very, very disruptive. So I think the opportunity going forward is how do businesses and business leaders invest the time to understand what does cloud mean to them from a product proposition customer experience perspective but also from a regulatory point of view what does it mean from a compliance from a data from a controls perspective it has much wider ramifications than just the IT department and I think that's what's exciting about PwC because if you think about what we do obviously we provide legal services audit services risk services we're one of the market leaders in cyber market leader in deals work in all of these different areas all of which have big, big opportunities that can only be realized through cloud. So 
to answer the question, what is cloud transformation? It really is about helping businesses exploit what cloud can unlock. And it can unlock many things from, say, product innovation, increasing cybersecurity. In a deals context, it can completely pivot the economics of a carve-out or an M&A type opportunity. So there's so many applications. And I think that's what's so exciting is about how do you position with organisations to really exploit and get the maximum value from it. Well, amazing. I've certainly learned a lot in the last five minutes from that, from both your answers. So thank you. One, one key word that sticks out for me, you both mentioned, is around innovation. Is it, I suppose, in the cloud transformation space, is the, the, the opportunity is around innovation and it's asking that question, being inquisitive, uh, being curious. Are those the type of individuals that uh, PwC would look for um, within the, the cloud practice? Yeah, I'm happy to answer that one. So um, if I go back to something you just said, actually, Warren, um, thinking about my reason for joining PwC. So at the time I had, you know, a number of opportunities on the table that I could have gone for. And the and the reason why I wanted PwC um, and why I joined was because of that, that there's an appetite to grow. We recognise that we're on a journey. It wasn't a fully formed proposition, so I got the ability to be able to inform the direction of travel and stuff like that. So in terms of um, innovation and um, the types of individuals we look for, I think going back to what Warren said, actually looking for individuals who don't necessarily fit the standard mould of what you might find in a professional services context and pushing the boundaries. And So if you think my my previous roles have all been... Um, to do with IT sitting on the client side which means I now know what's in the inboxes most of the people or clients that we're working with so I can talk to them in their language they know I know what their pain looks like I felt it personally um, and I can have an affinity with them so people who can get on the side of the client understand what the client's needs are but also be really creative in the sorts of solutions um, that you might propose and another thing that PwC offers actually is that we can go um, cross line of service so for example we can lean into the compliance and regulatory function to help some of the um, things that maybe are stalling the banks from migrating um, and actually leaning on those other parts of the business is where the power comes in I think with PwC and how we differentiate from others in that market. So in, in a recent report from IDC Marketscape, they named PwC as a leader for worldwide cloud professional services in 2022. So I'm going to read a quote from the report that IDC created on PwC's strengths. PwC has a bold industry cloud vision and framework, one that leverages the firm's significant industry experience, knowledge and partnership ecosystem. So question for Warren. Can you tell us more about the vision for PwC's cloud and digital businesses and what sets us apart from other cloud service providers? It's a great question. <laughs> um, I think some of it is actually insightfully tied up in that summary. So I think a few things that do set ourselves apart. I think one is the degree to which we bring very deep business and industry insight for each of the industries that we serve. But it's insight across the board its strategy, its market entry, its finance, its HR, its cyber. But it, but it's also, how does that business run and operate? You know, a lot of our businesses are there to serve um, at different points of an organization's life cycle. We do corporate recovery, for example, where in which case we often have to potentially step in and help a business to get itself back on track. We also do the innovation at the very front end, as I was describing earlier, where we're helping build brand new businesses. So. All of those capabilities sitting in one place, but powered by 
the right levels of insight in cloud together with our partners. And I think that point of ecosystem is really important, but not recognizing or rather recognizing that we aren't a one-stop shop, nor should we be. So yes, we have very wide breadth and depth, but we also have a partnering ethos, which means we will often assemble best of breed partnerships and, and either create them uh, dynamically around an industry or create them in response to a problem. And we call it building a community of solvers. And you'll see us talking about that. Um, so purpose is important to us. This community of solvers concept, it's not just buzzwords. We actually do it in what we do and how we work. And that means we will partner with different organizations. That includes our alliance partners, like some Microsoft, AWS, and other familiar cloud brands, Google, as well as others. But it also means we partner on execution. So some of our clients have their own captive um, centers where they have their own people that they're trying to upskill and build. So we will work with them to build that capability or we'll partner with perhaps some of their incumbent organizations who provide services today, but all with a view of saying, how do we get the client to get to the commercial outcome and the value from cloud and all, the, all that it promises faster and better? And as long as it's in service of that mission, we will assemble that community of solvers to get after that. So I think that industry depth, the breadth across the boardroom, the willingness and even, I would say, explicit strategy to build the kind of community of solvers around a problem set, I think means that we solve problems very, very differently and with much more diverse thinking that perhaps um, others are able to. And I think we're just very passionate about also in, uh, as expanding the diversity of our workforce at the same time, which I would add as a purpose of fourth point, which is if you look at the workforce that we have, um, we've recently scored very highly on socially leveling up. So we bring people in from all different backgrounds, all different walks of life, all different flavors of diversity are brought together. And that includes those outside of our organization to solve problems. Which, and again, I think that breeds a much richer um, approach to how we go about solving clients' problems. So those are some of the things that I would call out. And uh, yeah, what about yourself, Bonnie? Okay, so... Um, I suppose because you're, you're new. I am, yeah. Um, I think it goes back to um, making sure that we understand the reasons why we're doing what we're doing and we're all aligned to a you know, common North Star. Um, if I go back to the reason why I joined, I joined because there was a lot of ambition to grow this part in PwC and, that, and actually that was attractive to me. Um, I'm not the sort of person you could chuck at a BAU thing, I'd get bored too quickly. So the fact that this was going to challenge me personally um, was probably part of the reason that I'm here. Um, what I would also say is actually speaking to the, because I kind of split myself between the consultants practice and the COE, I kind of provide a little bit of a bridging service. So what I see is both sides. So I see what's going on in consulting. I'm part of the conversations with our clients um, directly, but I'm also trying to support and guide the COE team um, so they can understand exactly what opportunities there are out there um, how we can help and to Warren's point if there are partnership opportunities in particular spaces where it makes sense to do so that we do that and that we do it as a collective community um, and actually I really like that approach it's quite different to other third parties that I would have worked with in the past um, and and one of the things I think that we probably differentiate for in the market more than anyone else. I think that uh, the concept of a centre of excellence is also a very important one. So some of the reasons why we're able to attract talent like Bonnie and others in the market is also, it, I talked about there about our market-facing differentiators, but there's also a lot in, in the how. 
right? How are we trying to execute? Um, because this is still a fast growing area with lots of white space for us to move into, we've taken quite a different approach that we think is is important to helping us attract and retain and develop the talent that we know we need to be the number one place for people to work as, as cloud practitioners. And, and this COE concept, center of excellence concept is really important. So one of the areas that we looked at was the concept of um, acquisitions. And we've seen lots of companies running around buying businesses left and right, typically for various different reasons. Some buy them and glue them together with others and sell them on making profit through the, through the deals process. That's not what we were looking to do. We actually wanted to look at an acquisition simply to expand our ability to scale much faster. But we also realized that given it is very financially driven, there's different approaches to being able to do that in a more, I would say, effective way. Because as we know, through a lot of deals, you buy a business, some of it is what you need, some of it isn't what you need. So how do you make sure you invest to get exactly what you need? But also retain the ethos of a fast moving, nimble startup type environment, which is very attractive um, and one in which you can innovate build assets, build IP, build products, um, solve important problems, all the things we do as a brand. So this concept of a COE was something we came up with. And we said, actually, what if we were to ring fence investment, grow a team, but we'll do it in the ethos of a startup, but only under the brand and the client access at the boardroom and with all of the wrapping capability around cyber, risk, um, some of the areas that are difficult to replicate if you're a startup, but how do we create a cloud and digital environment in which talent can come, you know, innovate, do what it loves doing, but actually in an environment that is again has the, the if you like the protection and protection and investment capacity of PwC, but all of the benefits of working in a, a nimble, fast-moving environment. So we've created this center of excellence, four locations in the UK, uh, with an ambition to continue to grow. And we're investing. There's plenty of people who've already arrived. Bonnie's just one of them. And we're going to be looking at, uh, you know, hundreds of people joining this group. So, again, we're very excited about the, the value proposition to the people that are already there and what it can do for their careers. And I'm really excited when we spend time as a community together. And actually just the power of that new team coming in with all of its different backgrounds and experiences is really exciting as a place to be. Okay, great. Amazing. So... I know in certain other areas or, or pockets in consulting, uh, we've got other practices quite similar to the cloud transformation team where they have the is it more of a startup feel. People that we've um, had on the pod before say it's a startup feel. However, you've got the backing of PwC, which is great, but they feel they've got full flexibility. It's a blank canvas, innovate, you know, tell us what we could be doing better. And that's another piece that you've, you've both kind of alluded to there. So there's a common theme around the consulting practice that it seems to be working really well. Yeah, and I think this, this is interesting as well because it's actually in support of the overall firm. So there's a consulting business. We also have a risk business. We have a cyber business. We have a tax business as well, um, as well as a deals business and an insurance business. So actually this cloud center of excellence will be serving all of those markets. And that's important, again, to the value proposition. You think about, well, what does tax have to do with cloud? But actually, if you think about clients launching a brand new proposition globally on the cloud in different markets, in different jurisdictions, what are the regulatory frameworks? Question, what are the tax considerations around where to put it? Are there tax incentives for investing in certain industries in certain locations around the UK right now? All of those insights play a role. Cyber is a big piece as well. So the, the center of excellence is there. Yes, it's serving consulting, but it also has all of these other channels to market, which again are very different. And most you know, 
cloud native startups or even traditional technology firms not aren't having those conversations, but they all have really interesting insights to share and the cloud can unlock opportunity for all of those as well. So I think that's quite exciting for us as a business. Okay, great, thank you. Thank you. So as you've heard from Warren, our Cloud Centre of Excellence has exciting growth plans. This is a question for you both. We briefly touched upon it earlier. Um, what key pieces of career advice would you give someone who is thinking about applying to join the team? Now, we, I'll, I'll mention it before we get it in. We've, we have scrapped the two one um, for grads. Um, so, yeah, I'll pass that across to you first, Warren. Yeah, happy to. Um, career advice. I mean, ultimately, I think maintain your curiosity. All right. Think about why you come to work. What do you come to work to do? Um, that's ultimately why I joined. Interesting. I remember my first meeting that I had with a gentleman at the time who was running consulting in the UK and EMEA. And uh, I was very much wrong footed by the conversation. I thought he was going to be effectively pitching to me the merits of PwC, why it's awesome and why you should join. But it was very much a, a, an anti pitch in a way because it was sort of saying, look, we know we need to do loads more in cloud and digital and we're not doing it and we need to do it. Come and help us work out what we need to do, where we need to invest and how to do that. And that completely threw me in a way that uh, really energised me. So, wow, what an exciting opportunity. You get to build something, create something, make a difference, right? Employ people on the things that you think they should be employed on. And actually, for me, it was also about pivoting and building tech capability and digital capability in the UK. We know we need that as a society to be differentiated as a, as a society, and particularly post-Brexit. You know, what is our economy going to look like? Well, we know it has to be technology it has to be digital it has to be cloud it has to be all those things so we've got a great opportunity to do that that's why i joined so maintain curiosity think about purpose and retain that purpose and i would say think about what you enjoy doing you know write that list what gives you energy and what doesn't and try and think about the career opportunities that give you energy because they're out there um and that would be my those are my three points i would suggest to anyone and uh, look you know always reach out if you if you listen to this and you want to chat on it um, come and talk to us. We're always uh, always keen to chat. And as you say, we've lowered the barriers because we want all different types of people, all different walks of life to come to the come to the table. I feel Bonnie. very empowered. <laughs> there you go, Bonnie. <laughs> Over to you. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm probably one of those that bucks the trend a bit. Um, so I come from a working class background. So from a social mobility point of view, I tend to tick that box quite well. Um, both my parents uh, were, you know, normal working class. Um, parenting I didn't go to a you know private school um, I was you know educated in the usual way um, and on top of that I have um, ADHD so my ability to be able to focus on anything for longer than five seconds is really difficult I have to train for that stuff um, so for me actually having people that I could talk to and just kind of bounce ideas off to make sure that I wasn't kind of going off the wall completely as I, I could have a habit of doing that um, was probably one of the things that helped me in my career. Um, I think actually being really well connected. So not just seeing um, relationships with people as a temporary thing to get you somewhere, but actually really building trusted relationships. Um, and over time, I've learned on those relationships and I'm using those networks today to help me in other ways and vice versa. I'm helping people the other way around. So actually just giving something back and just doing it because you can, right? So there's a bit of altruism in there. Um, and then um, actually, and it's the, the thing that I've done consistently probably for the last 12 years, which transformed my um, whole career um, was literally take the risk, jump, 
yeah, don't worry too much about what's on the other side. And everyone will go, yeah, but the grass is never greener. I do, yeah, I don't. Honestly, you you don't know until you try it, right? Um, and it's really easy to get caught in catastrophizing what the jump looks like, and you know what if it doesn't work out? Well, you'll figure it out, right? So, um, everything I've done in the last sort of ten or twelve years has been centered around just growing me and looking exactly as Warren has said, looking at the things that give me my kicks, the reason why I get up in the morning. Um, you know, if you was to ask me. Uh, 25 years ago would I have thought I would be here no not in a month Sundays could I tell you what I'm going to do in two years no idea right so at the end of the day I kind of just go where it feels right and this feels right right now so if you're the sort of individual who wants a challenge who's looking for you know an organization that's got is putting its brand behind that innovation within the COE concept 100% 100% reach out to us um, I'm always on LinkedIn prolific probably too much um, but yeah I mean I'm here to chat to anyone if they want to talk great thank you very much so as you may know we like to end each episode we ask our guests um, what advice they would offer to a past version of themselves so thinking back 10 years ago or longer is it up to you what advice would you say to yourself um, I think at the beginning I didn't believe in myself so I think if I was to go back to the version of Bonnie that existed sort of 28, 29, I was kind of two years into having a daughter. I was studying two open university degrees simultaneously whilst having an under two at home and was desperately trying to just better myself. Um, I think I probably would have said, keep doing keep doing what you're doing and keep pushing um there were times when I could have quite happily just thrown everything up in the air and stopped it all um but I didn't and I'm glad I didn't but I think that that piece around believing in me that didn't come till much later and actually when I reflect back on what I was doing so I was able to look after a home um you know two-year-old and two degrees I was going actually wow that was mental why did you do that um but at the time I didn't give myself enough credit for it and so I'd beat myself up and say I'm not doing in, I'm not doing enough and I was constantly pushing myself whereas now I kind of cut myself some slack and actually on reflection I now see some of that in my daughter so I kind of wished I'd been a little bit kinder to myself that um, evolution into being just a bit more empathetic with myself probably only occurred in the last four or five years so if I could go back 10 years I would get them to see what I see now when I look back 10 years. That, that is a huge achievement. I'll just say, <laughs> to say it now. That is huge. Thank you. It is. And uh, yourself, Warren? Yeah, I, I, just listening to that advice, actually. No, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's spot on. Um, I think mine would be if I reflect back and think about where I was 10 years ago. Um, the challenge, particularly if you're working in a, a big and established firm, is they're all fantastic at keeping you so busy, so busy. that You don't stop and just step back and take time to think about, actually, what is it that I really want to do? You get, you get, you know, always one of my, one of my old friends, he'll know who he is if he listens to this as well. He used to joke and say um, he was never going to leave my old firm until he got a certain level. And he was like, it's like my fifth McDonald's star. Like, I can't, I can't. I can't leave until I get all five stars on my badge. Um, and I think you do, you can get a little bit fixated in the career and the career progression and wanted to just get that next step. But I think the question to ask is, well, I should have asked myself is, what does that next step actually give you in terms of what you're going to end up doing? So for me, it would have been probably, I should have taken the time earlier on in my career to just lift my head up and look around and just see what is out there um, and take the leap. And 
and to Bonnie's point, I mean, I agonised over my decision to, to to change and come join, um, you know, PwC as a new business because it, it's a leap. It does feel like a big leap, um, but actually taking that leap, I think, is one hundred percent worthwhile because you learn so much from the process of changing, and I think that's the other. So, so two things: look up, be prepared to take the leap. But recognise the process of leaping in itself. You learn so much from it. I learned so much from my uh, decision to, to change relatively late on in my career. I mean, I'd been um, you know sixteen years in my prior firm before I took the decision to leap and leave. Um, and reflect, you know, if I look back, probably could have done it earlier, and actually, you know, would have learned more along the way. So I'd say just just take that leap and, and, and learn along the way. Great, thank you both. Thank you kindly. So um, I'm sure that's given our listeners. A lot of insight into the cloud transformation and centre of excellence practice here at PwC. Um, we really hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, in the meantime, you can listen back to season one and season two by heading over to Let's Chat Careers Advice on Spotify, Apple Music, or by typing it into your web browser. If you're interested in exploring careers at PwC, please head over to our website, pwc.co.uk forward slash careers. Thanks for listening and take care.